Hi, and welcome to the Red Tunic Podcast, a podcast where I look to rediscover what makes gaming fun and enjoyable by having positive conversations with those related to the industry. My name is Link, and today I'm joined by Zahid Ali Jelani, combat designer at Ninja Theory and solo developer of Enra. And Enra. Sorry about that. Hi, Zahid. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. So before we get started, if you don't mind, would you mind telling, you know, telling me and anyone else listening a little bit about yourself so we have a so we know who you are? Yeah, of course. So I'm a solo developer of Enra. Um I've been working on the project for around two years, just over two years now. Um, I've also been working for Ninja Theory as a combat designer for almost two years. So I've been in the industry for about about two and a half years, give or take. Um, and apart from that, I think that's all I've got. <laughs> oh, all right, fair enough. And you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't, I wasn't too aware of the game you're working on, Anenra, until I saw your, um, your super serious, uh, Twitter post about it. And oh yeah, <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. At first, I thought that was like what it was gonna be. Um, yeah. <laughs> with like the 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 Jello physics, I guess. If it, I yeah. don't know what the jelly physics, whatever. Um, but at first, I'm like, I I saw that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I could. There's nothing wrong with this. I could dig this. But then I saw like all the combat, and it's it's always wild to me when watching people. Um, like design or make those kind of systems um, because it's like you don't you don't think about it when you're when you're just for a Mayan when you're just a, a you know a consumer or a, a player right you're just like yeah. oh yeah this works this is cool this is awesome but like watching people make these kind of games um, you know like as I've seen other people but you know uh, but just watching people make these and it's just wild because it's like you don't really consider that someone is sitting down and, you know, uh, animating, modeling, whatever, 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 this whole wild, um, like, choreographed thing and, like, making it all mesh together. And it's just, it's, it just looks, what, basically, what I'm trying to say is what I've seen from, you know, what you've posted, uh, it looks fantastic. It looks absolutely crazy. And it looks like it's it's going to be great. So, um whether or not you were seriously joking about those jelly physics and kind of, you know, not going to have them exist at all or what have you, I'm really just trying to say it looks fantastic. And it's I think it's going to be uh, great to, to get to try when whenever it comes out, whenever you release it, you know. Thank you so much. Um, with the the physics, the jiggle physics or whatever people want to call them, because it gained so much popularity and I didn't expect it to. Um, I thought, oh wow, people really like this this silly jelly physics. So I'm, I thought I'll add it, but not as a main feature. I'm gonna add it as something like you finish the game, it gets unlocked because developers just don't do that anymore. But um, yeah, with the development of the game, I've been uh, putting a lot of effort in making sure that I show people the development process. So there's no hiding behind uh, like Patreons or like making people pay for anything. It's been all here's everything. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing it. It's all out in the open. Have a look. Um, I did release a build, um, and that had like some of the basic combat. It had like a practice mode and a wave mode. There was it was very rough at the time, and it was a few months ago, and uh, it got quite a few downloads and it got played quite a bit. But the feedback was amazing. That feedback's what I used in the current game now. Um, people were telling me they wanted this or that, and it helped a lot. Um, for example, mapping the executions to a different button. It helped a ton. But I will be adding the jelly physics. There was a reason I was adding that in, in the first place, but then I accidentally... It was actually a huge accident. Um, I, I set the physics to start at the spine of the character mesh. And I thought, oh, nothing's going to happen. And when I hit play, he was like flopping all over the place. And I was like, wait a second. I can do this to the enemies. So I did the floppy spine to the enemies and then they were their attacks were missing because of the it's all connected to the bone so they were trying to attack but because their body was not allowing them to the animation would play and it's in the actual video that i posted you can see the enemy trying to attack and you just walk past them doing that amazing walk 
yes, you know, I did notice that, and I didn't, I didn't know if that was just like a visual, um, I'll call it a visual glitch versus like an actual physicality. Um, but, but yeah, the the, I tried to describe to my significant other. Uh, without showing her the video or without showing her the clip about like how it worked and it's you know it's absolutely um it's absolutely bananas just to even try and like mimic how that works just because it's um well I, I, you usually don't see people doing that so it's no. it's hard it's hard to like even um put into descriptive words other than they're just like jelly flopping around. Yeah. It was because the contrast of this game I've always posted very seriously and like I've never made any jokes. And then I just hit like boom, check it out, jelly physics. And then boom, dad joke. And um for some reason people really like that that sarcasm and humor when it comes to being serious. It's like uh, God of War, for example. There's a few moments of comedy in the old the the God of War remake and um people loved that so i thought man i would really like to push that as well serious game lots of killing but some sarcasm goes a long way uh yeah yeah like it's the uh, the 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 i don't know the right word but it's kind of just like in the silence of it all just that one little joke dropping yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> So, uh, Zahid, I am I am curious just because I I haven't really spoke to anyone uh, that's a combat designer. Um, huh? So, you know, this I'm probably going to have a few different kind of follow up questions uh, to the to the usual question of this. But how did you get into developing and and making games? Oh, when I first started, um, I went to college to study game development. And it was like an all-rounder course, so we studied everything, modeling, um, art, digital art, um, programming. We did everything. At the time, I didn't know combat design was a thing. I thought um, level design exists, and um, like the, the main things, technical artists, um, sound designers. So I did not know combat design was a thing. I know mechanics design was a thing, but I thought you needed to have a very broad knowledge. Like It was out of my depth at the time. Um, so what I did was I went to uni and studied game design so I could get into a design role rather than going into audio or into programming. I wanted to get into a design role. Um, so in uni, I studied, studied really hard. I didn't, and, and I pushed, I got pretty good grades at the end of uni. Um, that's when COVID hit and it was very hard, very hard to get a job or do anything. Um, so in that time, I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a project and gathered some friends. We sat around and I was like, uh, what, what's, a, what's a game you want to play? And they mentioned a third person action game like Assassin's Creed is what they said. Um, but I'm not a big fan of Assassin's Creed, but they wanted a third person game. And I've never made a third person game. This project that I've been working on is the first third person game I've made. Um, so at two years ago when I started, you could see that. I was just learning. I was just trying to learn how to make the game. So that's essentially <clears throat> how I got into it. Um, but then I carried on trying to learn. It was self-learning that changed everything for me, where uni was great, college was great, but the self-learning is so powerful. And I just spent days. I, I remember sometimes I was spending around like 10 to 14 hours every day. I'd go to sleep, I'd wake up, work, sleep, wake up. It was COVID time, so we had nothing but time. So I really <laughs> pushed this game. So thank you for sharing that. And like I am and, and I think the the follow-up question to this is, you know, how how did you find yourself? Because you said you just sort of threw yourself into it and you just kind of pushed. But like yeah. how how did that direction work for, for combat design? Like, you know, what was it that led you into that? Or was it really just because your friends said do X and you said, Oh, okay, I'll do X. Wasn't that it was when I tried before, while I was making the project, I was also applying for jobs, mm -hmm. and there was a job uh, I applied for with this company called Dambuster, um, Deep Silver, basically. I think it's Deep Silver, but it's been a really long time. It's been two years, um, and I did a test for a level design role, and in the test, they, it was create a level. Um, the feedback I got from that was, 
the enemies need more variety. And that kick started, I was like, enemies need more variety. The person who gave that information, that feedback to me, amazing. Did an amazing job of feedback. Um, but it's been so long, I, I, I can't even thank the guy. Um, the enemies need variety was the thing that kickstarted. It hit me. I thought, okay, I'll start making a variety of enemies. And from there, it, I started pushing it in my own game. What if I had enemies do this? What if I had enemies do that? And started... The enemies were thought of before the characters' movesets, for example. Like, I thought I want an enemy that dodges all attacks, but if in the air, they can't dodge anything. I want an enemy that's a ranged enemy that flies about. But if you get, uh, slam them to the ground, they're all vulnerable, forcing the player to use different things. Um, but yeah, the enemies need variety was the thing that kickstarted in my head and then started pushing me, yeah, um, combat design. And then as I was learning, I also thought, wow. I'm actually fairly decent at this, <laughs> and just carried on going. You know, that's that's really interesting, just because, like, it... I don't mean to kind of be a reductionist in how I put this, but it kind of sounds like you uh, went and just, like, tried to drill it down to, like, just basic types, and then around that built the movesets kind of like rock, paper, scissors. You're like, well, here's the paper enemy. Now I have to build this. Now I have to make scissor mechanics. Like I have to be the scissors. And then, you know, here's the rock enemy. Now I have to have the paper system, you know? That's exactly what it is. Because I've seen so many games now where people are making combat games and the enemies are sponges and they can take beatings. And a lot of my videos have the sponge enemy, which is the basic enemy that can't do much. But there's a lot of different enemy types. Um, and I've always thought I want the player to think it's a hack and slash. You're going to be moving extremely quick, but I want you to still think while doing that. If there's an enemy that's dodging all your attacks, well, focus on an enemy that's not dodging all your attacks. If there's an enemy that's powerful in the air, don't take him to the air. Like, but you need to take that enemy to the air. Then there's a range attack, then there's distance attacks. There's so much that's going on, but it's made in a way that it's like a dance. Like, you'd there's an action, you perform a reaction, and your reaction perform you, you continue an action. Then the enemy reacts to that. It's a constant flow. And I believe because of that now, um, the game has this very different rhythm to it. There's an actual solid combat flow to it. So the combat loop is basically rhythmic almost, and I'm trying to improve on that. Um, the way I did it was by, with this one AI, the basic enemy, I just inflated all his abilities and like segregated what each one could do. So imagine the first enemy, make five of them. What can this one do? What can that one do? What can that one do? What can that one do? What can you do to stop them? And it just inflated to a point where it was just fun to play against. You're fighting all these enemies, whizzing around them, everything, and then there's an enemy in the back that's starting a distance attack coming right towards you. Um, so you'd have to change your tactic. Like, oh, I can't just beat everybody up. I need to stop, block this guy, and then essentially react. So there was never like a dull moment. I don't want it to, there to be a dull moment. Um, there's also one other thing that I did add was I added taunts to the enemies, so that if the <laughs> if there's if you're fighting one enemy and the other enemy's fighting, then in the back there's a guy taunting, and the taunts I added are not the best. It's like he lifts the sword and slices his neck, um, in a threatening manner. And then wait, a few weeks after I realized, I thought, wait a second, these, these enemies are robots. Why is he slicing his neck? He'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I left it in. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff, like the enemies can now block as well. Um, and blocking, because I've seen a lot of indie games, and there's not a big push to AI. It's like, my player can be amazing. He has all these attacks. But the AI is a sponge, so... Where's the balance, essentially? Um, and I feel like a good example of that is Batman Arkham Asylum and the Batman Arkham games there. You have enemies that can stun. It's a great reference. The enemies that can stun you, the enemies you have to use your ability to jump over. There's enemies with shields. It's a great example of extremely well-done AI. Um, and the same goes for Shadow of War, the Lord of the Rings game, um, where the enemies <clears throat> learn um, but that's a little more complicated. I think the Batman example is a way better example. Yeah, so, you know, thank you for, for your insights on that, for walking me through that, because, you know, uh, like I had said earlier, that 
as a player, you don't really consider these things. And it's always, it's always fantastic to hear someone that is, you know, in, in more of a specialized field, I guess, I guess I would say, um, yeah. to, to hear them walk you through that because uh, it's, you know, it's just not, it's just not something that I, or I don't think many other people or even people in the industry, maybe that aren't really like, you know, a level designer might not really take into consideration that kind of stuff, but being able to hear um, just as a general now, but being able to hear how the thought process is for, for designing out and everything is, is just wonderful. So thank you for, for sharing that with me. No problem. I'm glad to. Now, the follow-up to this is, you know, based on your experiences, based on everything that you've learned, and in this case, seems a lot of it is self-taught, uh, do you have any words of wisdom uh, to share from, you know, from, as I said, your experiences? Um, I, I would always say going with the self-learning. It's literally the most powerful tool in your toolkit. And a lot of people don't push that as much as they should. Um, what I would say is if you see a tutorial or a game that you think, oh, this looks good and you want to make a, or it's inspiring you to make something similar um, or that specific mechanic, I would say, yeah, there might be tutorials online, use them, but then start using your own initiative to start pushing it further, making it unique, making it yours. And that goes for almost anything and everything. Um, an example I could give you is, um, there's a developer called Eric Skog on Twitter who makes this game called uh, Fight Call. It's an amazing game, but he has this amazing mechanic where you can throw a weapon out. Uh, it's a giant stop sign, <laughs> and you can jump on the stop sign and use it as a platform. It can get impaled in walls. You can flip from it. You can do all sorts. That's an amazing mechanic, extremely complex, like extremely complicated to get right. And he got it right amazingly. So right now he's at the top with this example. and for example, if somebody sees this and they think, oh, that's amazing, I want to do it. Yeah, start off with a tutorial and then start learning why it works, how it works. Push yourself to learn. And that is the most powerful thing you can do. Um, so yeah, keep pushing, I would say. Keep pushing to learn and learn everything you can. There's, there's never a day you cannot learn something. So yeah, and thank you. That is... In general, that's fantastic advice, you know, to keep pushing to learn, you know, you can always learn, but especially in this case, and, you know, what you were, what you were saying, it kind of reminded me now, it's been a while since I think I've seen this person post any videos or what have you, but there was someone that was going through, and they started with Breath of the Wild uh, mechanics, but they were going through a bunch of game mechanics, and they were recreating them in in unity or something like that just as a like a self-driven thing to like learn about the mechanics and how to kind of make them work and then like how to tweak them and all of that um and i you know what you were saying sounds kind of similar to that you know where you can you can always start with like the basics of something but then you can definitely start tweaking it more to actually polish it right or make it your own even yeah exactly um there's one thing i've done which um I really like um, it's this thing called a stasis sword where the main character can throw out a weapon. It's a sword, actually. You can throw out a sword and the sword impales the enemy and slows them down and nobody else. So it slows that enemy down so you can get your combos in. You can stop the enemies that dodge everything. There's multiple ways of dealing with these enemies. And the stasis sword was one of my favorite things because it was not that it's just used to slow down the enemy but you could use it to like open doors and open gateways and stop things in the environment. That's a bit of a spoiler um, because I haven't shown that yet. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's uh, taken as a, for an example, like there's other games that have done that. Prince of Persia has done slowing down things very well. Um, so I took the idea of, oh, what if you could use uh, at range, use it at range. Um, so I took the idea of Final Fantasy 15s. you can throw the sword to teleport there. But instead of teleporting there, you slow down whatever you hit. So it's like a stasis mechanic. Um, so yeah, pushing that idea is... It's, I feel like yeah, pushing your ideas to make them unique is a great thing to do. Definitely. And again, thank you for, for some more insight onto uh, how to deal with the enemies in your game and what sounds like potential puzzle mechanics, maybe? Um, 
or what yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's going to be puzzles um not too heavy puzzles but there there will be puzzles i like puzzles but not overly complicated puzzles not stuff that makes you want to move through the game quick but make you feel like yeah i'm smart i did that it's just uh, making the player feel good about it um, you, you know, the moment you started saying, you know, ones you can do quick, and then you kind of, you capped it off before, you know, already, but it was, as you were saying that, it was reminding me of the, um, of the joke from Family Guy about reading a Dan Brown novel, where, like, his chapters are so short, so you feel really smart when you polish off, like, yeah. 10 chapters, but they're only, like, 8 pages or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a good method. It's a good method to get you through things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. Anything that makes me feel smarter than I am is a, is um, it's a good day for me. You know, any anytime yeah. I can feel smarter. I feel that that <laughs> resonates with me. So, so Zahid, I am I am curious, um, and you know, this is kind of a new question, so I apologize for kind of how janky it's going to probably be, uh, no, but. Fine. Was there, like, did you have a favorite game as a child or maybe a game that changed your view uh, from, you know, it, games just being games to the thing that made you say, oh, no, I want to I want to be in the industry? Like, was there a game that did that for you? There was two games. Um, the first one was Metal Gear Solid 3. It's like one of my all-time favorite games, which... I know it doesn't make sense because that's like a stealth game and it's very slow compared to what I'm making, but I love the idea of stealth. Stealth games are amazing, and Metal Gear Solid 3 was just phenomenal. Um, but the ga other game that actually made me want to get into it was uh, Shadow of the Colossus because I thought these giant animals, these giant beasts you got to take down. It's, it's such a great setting. The bosses are amazing. And then when I was a kid, I remember I was like drawing up little ideas for a boss and... When I was, I remember doing this, and uh, this story is actually pretty funny. The first boss I thought of was like a giant snake, a mechanical snake um, that you have to kill, similar to Shadow of the Colossus. So it's a giant futuristic robotic snake that flies through the air, and you would jump onto it, and you'd climb inside it, and then move up it um, on the inside, like stabbing it, dismantling it from the inside, and eventually killing this giant robot. So that was the first idea I had that I wanted to make. and then. 25 years later or 20 years later horizon zero dawn comes out and i'm like oh wow <laughs> i was like fair enough I, I, they got to it first um <laughs> i did try adding a giant snake to my game in enra and um i put a boss fight on top of it and i thought this is this is this, this is like hack and slash on ecstasy this is crazy um, but I will go back to that because uh, I took it out for the time being. And that was purely because of hardware reasons. And now I have a beastly computer, so there's nothing holding me back. Well, <laughs> hopefully you can get that in because I agree. That is um, that is like the right kind of absurdity, you know, battling, yeah. having a boss fight on the top of a giant, I'm assuming, flying mechanical snake or what have you. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's... It's that's just that's just absurd. The 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 best kind of absurd, you know. So hopefully yeah. you can figure that or make that work or, or or figure it out or what have you, you know. I have to. If I spoke about it before in a different uh, interview, where this the giant snake idea is something that gets people really interested, um, especially in a hack and slash. So I got to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. I want it to smash through the city and destroy everything. But uh, I'll need to use like Houdini, a different software, which I have no idea how to use. But that's where self-learning comes in. Bam. <laughs> well, I, again, hopefully you can make that work because that that does sound like it would be a fantastic, uh, a fantastic set piece. Because you know, um, just a giant thing. If you're on, especially if you're on it and fighting, and it's like you know in the background of your fight scene or whatever the tail is taking out your buildings or what have you that like i'm not saying how to do it. i'm just saying you know in if you know that's that's what i would imagine it would look like or what have you or just something like that that would that would just be hilarious like just you know you're trying to do you're trying to take down the boss and i would assume maybe the snake or what have you and just it's kind of like in the superhero movie where it's two people fighting and it's like, yeah, he's getting the guy. And then you see in the background just all of the casual destruction. It's like, well, was it really worth it? <laughs> like, was it yeah. Was it a really a trade-off here? 
yeah we need i need to have that kind of crazy so far actually um in my game everything i've posted is just um your character and enra against normal enemies with basic powers nothing special and I, i'm now working on power v power fights like the big the big fights and the one i'm going to be doing is going to probably be the biggest introduction for my game um it's going to be a lot of destruction and it's going to be crazy so i'm looking forward to adding these kind of crazy things so from shadow of the colossus to that giant snake thing it's like propelled me to feel like i need to make a huge amounts of fights that are like huge fights which are amazing set pieces that make you feel like yeah this is this is done right this is well done and you know as someone that is soon to be exactly mid 30s uh and has grown up watching copious amounts of anime and playing copious amounts of video games um i wish you the best of luck because having giant fights with stuff just destroying in the background or what have you from what it sounds like you're describing um yeah that i'm i'm on board i you know i'm, I'm 100 <laughs> on board for whatever that train ride would be because it just sounds like it'll be uh, a ride you know yeah it's, it, I'm, I'm hoping to make it as explosively fun um but also understandable as well because there's some i don't want the game to be a giant cutscene and uh, a lot of games have these cutscene fights which are great enough to look at but you're not involved in it you're just sitting there you do one thing press a few buttons and the game carries on but i want it to be that all these cinematic things are involved in the gameplay and i've t been testing that out a lot with like everything that's done in cinematics can be done in the game and there's stuff like the oh my god i completely forgot my own game <laughs> Fight, uh, the intro where you can like jump off things and slam things that's added but i haven't shown people that yet because you know spoilers but everything's <laughs> i don't want it to be that these cinematic moves are only available in cutscenes and then you can never do them i want it so that you do them in while you're fighting normal enemies and you can make your own cool cinematic pieces if you wanted and all the camera effects kick in and everything you, you know i I myself, I, I, I greatly appreciate that kind of like um, foresight or not foresight, that kind of um, thought process for it or, or, or approach. Um, because, you know, when I, for like, for example, when I first played like Devil May Cry 3, I believe it is, when like the opening scene, Dante takes like a sword through him and just casually, you know, pulls it out and deals with the yeah. scene and all this stuff. And then like seconds later, if you're not, aware of what you're doing and you're playing on a higher difficulty or you just die in like two two hits or two punches and it's like well that was some ludo narrative like that was some some bad narrative like example exactly. like you just showed me he can take a sword and then i got punched dead in like one hit like come on come on yeah <laughs> like it's true it's true i've tried to make it so uh, i've tried to make it that in my game that the enemies are somewhat deadly but fair like, they can get attacks in on you if you're not paying attention. Yeah, you have these crazy powers, but so do they. So it kind of makes sense in that regard. Um, and then you've got, like, main boss characters who have crazy movesets and abilities to do stuff. Um, so I'm going to continue pushing that as well and really making sure that these enemies are... The AI and the whole rhythm of the game is something people will remember and go back to. And, you know, if, if it turns out, if you're able to pull off as, you know, making it kind of as semantic as you're hoping, uh, I, I imagine it will, it'll have a lot of fun replayability and just seeing what kind of uh, damage, let's say damage, that you're able to, like, concoct and do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I want it to be that, like, the envir environmental, the environmental slashing and storytelling, the destruction of it, everything will be... It's a lot that I want to do for one person, to be fair. <laughs> you know, it, it does sound like a lot, but at the same time, it sounds like you are kind of piecemealing it in such a way that um, you're, you're, you have the right approach, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm taking things one step at a time. I'm doing one level at a time. And then 
like blocking out things, making sure they work to a point where they're like, yep, this works, this looks good, let's move on to the next thing. Not being silly, like making every cutscene straight away, because cutscenes do take time. Um, so it's like making all the levels, making sure all these systems I need to make. I recently added, I got voice actors. <clears throat> so I've got two voice actors I work with right now, named Jace and Raven. They're amazing. And I put up one video where they have a conversation and an says, or Jay says a dad joke, and it worked amazingly. It did really well. So now I need to make a conversation system, which can be spawned throughout the world, where when you trigger it, you have a selection of different responses. So there's going to be a lot of jokes, a lot of sarcasm, but that's all in character development. Um, so there's like every time I have to add something, I need to go back and make a system for it and make sure it works seamlessly. So there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. Um, one example I could give is the combat system itself. I've been working on that for since I started. It's been so different every single time, like changed so many things. But now I feel like, yeah, this is the solid foundation. Now I can build on it for the player. You know, and yeah, like hopefully, hopefully you are, you know, you continue to be at a place where you're you're happy and able to to keep moving forward, right? That's right, yeah. I'm going to keep pushing. Um, I'm going to keep pushing to get different types of enemies because a lot of my enemies are humanoid. And I know people want to fight different types of enemies, big giant enemies or robots or transforming things. And the problem occurs when you have a, a character that can teleport to enemies instantly. So that kills the idea of, oh, there's an enemy in the air. I need to dodge around. No, you don't. You can just teleport to him and kill him. So <laughs> having having to make uh, AI that balances the player out, although you're overpowered, is a really good way of understanding, yeah, I can do this. What can stop this? So you'd make like a matrix of all types. Um, so eventually the player is never too overpowered, but knows they can do all these things. And I've always thought if an Enra in his state now with all the powers he has, which I've shown, went to like Smash Bros., it would just be unfair for everyone else because he has everything, like slowing down time, teleporting. Just, it would just be unfair. And you know, I, 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 I wouldn't say that's a problem in some games, just because sometimes you just want that power fantasy, and it feels nice to be able to just do everything. Yeah, there was a really good um, a review of the game, like a preview of the build, where this person. I think it's sacrilegious on youtube said that there was a lot of there was a problem that tainted games or hack and slash games was that it made you feel slow it made you feel like you had mud in your boots and you're not moving you're attacking but you're stuck there so i always thought no i don't want that i want if you're attacking you can cancel out of anything that's just the way it is if you're attacking enemy coming you can block and get out of your animation if you if you want to dash you can dash there's multiple things that can come off a dash there's multiple things that can come off from you pushing certain attacks in the air just to keep you moving because the enemies are constantly moving they never stop to take a break either so it's there's a, there's a sense of urgency and i really want to push that so when i put the new enemies in which are like twin enemies which are going to be uh, programmed in a way that or scripted in a way that they understand each other's movesets they understand what each one's doing to them if one enemy punches the player and the player takes a step back then the other play, uh, other AI of this twin system will jump in with an aerial, for example. It would be like, there's a lot of systems that I want to push and a lot of combat design that I don't feel like it's been done too much. That sounds really hard to do, but I'm just going to have to push it and self-learn. <laughs> uh, well, again, I wish you the best of luck because, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a game programmer, so uh, for me, all of this sounds... Um, like magic and i you know wish you the best of luck in a being able to you know wizard this out that was a very bad joke i'm sorry <laughs> no thank you so much um, so uh Zahid, i i am curious uh you know because you've mentioned metal gear solid 3 shadow of colossus um and then you know the game you're working on is a uh uh, uh, sounds like a very fast-paced like hack and slash um and all of those games don't really have a whole lot in common um no. what so what i'm curious about is what is it that 
you know, makes games enjoyable to you. I'm wondering if we can find a common thread between them or if it's if there isn't one. I think oddly enough, from most of the games that I like, I really like complexity for some reason. I mean, I'm trying to make a simple game essentially. Not in terms of combat, but like it's a hack and slash game. Kill everyone. Um but complexity for me, for some reason I love it. Metal Gear Solid 3 was very complex. Shadow of the Colossus wasn't so complex, so I think that makes my point redundant. Um, but I, 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 if I had to put, I have to put a finger on it, I would say I like games which let you do, which let you do things in a way like Metal Gear Solid lets you do multiple things to one enemy, and makes you think essentially like not everything is that simple there's not a straight road in metal gear the enemies had this huge ai and um they they had this brain this, they had a brain it was amazing when i started seeing that you could like aim your gun at their head they'll start shaking and drop items for you and like they're scared that's amazing and that was on the ps2 like why hasn't that been done before or again since then and with like, for example, Shadow of the Colossus, it was just a really beautiful game. The whole uh, environment, the whole music was amazing. And it was just an experience, a very silent experience, because there's not a lot of dialogue in that. So it's like you're alone in your thoughts. As a kid, it doesn't really matter. But now that I look back, it makes sense that that, that is a really good game for like a, a self kind of journey. Um, another game that I ever played, which I really liked, which is also doesn't make sense why i really like it but it's final <laughs> fantasy 10. final fantasy 10 was really good and um so that's a turn-based game metal gear solid stealth game and shadow of the classes is an action adventure platformer none of them correlate and i loved final fantasy 10 i thought it was amazing um the turn-based system was amazing so yeah there i i can't find a thread there at all so <laughs> we'll just you know just wing it i guess um, yeah. sorry that was again another bad joke um but yeah no like that's you know that's interesting to hear you know your your take on you know complexity you know kind of up at the forefront and it makes me curious and i don't know if you're you know if you uh, I, I would um presume you might be aware of these kind of games to some degree because everyone kind of is but um if you're a fan of complexity have you have you played many or looked into uh, immersive sims that much? For some reason, I've never been a fan of simulation games. Um, I don't know what it is. I think grounding to reality too strongly is something I'm just not a fan of. Like, don't get me wrong, Metal Gear Solid is fairly grounded, but then it takes the cake with characters that can shoot lightning, and there's an enemy sniper who can who's old and photosynthesizes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that kind of fantasy element or like fictional so, stuff. So I I think there's a little bit of a, a misunderstanding there. Um, so an immersive sim um, isn't exactly like a simulation game. Um, okay. An immersive sim would be something like, um, you know, Dishonored, uh, Deathloop, um, uh, Gloomwood. Um, thief or or like deus ex um or system shock you know those those kind of games are typically like immersive sims um where they're not exactly like grounded in reality i'm horrible at describing what an immersive sim is so i'm going to butcher it as i try and go um but effectively like um i one could argue that like metal gear solid 3 is like a third person immersive sim because the main um or maybe not Metal Gear Solid 3. 5, yes, I don't know. I'm, I haven't played 3, so I, I have to be careful with the statements I make. But, um, but like, an immersive sim um, is, is kind of like an open-ended system or, like, world that you can, like, exist in um, that okay. has... Uh, that, like, focuses on you, the player, like, your player's agency to make choices, to make decisions. Um, and the system kind of works around it. Um, Okay. So, like, um, you know, a game like Thief, for example, there's um, 
there's you know it's primarily a stealth based game but there's you know the way that you choose to approach every mission the way you choose to like do everything you just get a checklist of you know you have to break in here steal x steal y don't kill anyone if you're playing on different difficulties or or what have you but like the means of how you achieve all of that is up to you now like certain things might 100 percent mean you have to go and get the key from someone to break into like a room um but like everything else and the order in which you do that is 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 like is no one controls that except you um prey yeah. the new the new prey is other another example of, of like an, an immersive sim basically any game that's come out of arcane austin or arcane uh leon um is probably oh, easily in the immersive sim uh category right now um but but yeah so if um if you like complexities and you're not fully aware of like the immersive sim genre um you I know it was called the immersive sim genre to I'm not be gonna... fair I'm not gonna lie. Um, I I didn't know that either until I like, started uh, interviewing people and talking to people, because um, in my mind they were just like FPS first person shooter kind of things. Um, yeah. Because that's just what it was in my head. Um, and like also to a bad example, uh, you know, like the the Morrowind or the Elder Scrolls games, even though they're not first person shooters, but whatever. Um, they they were they were first person uh, RPGs. But um, but yeah, if you're not fully aware of them, they are typically they can be like rather complex with the amount of systems in play. Um, and if you like that kind of stuff and you like first person games, um, or even like some third person games, can I I think I'm looking back and forth as if I'm afraid someone's gonna like come and smack me for this. But I think like third person games can probably be immersive sims too. But um, but if you like that complexity of games. Um, the immersive sim genre might be something to look into. You might find something yeah. that you really enjoy. Yeah, I think I'll uh, have a look into it. I think I've played most of the arcade games, and I don't know if Dying Light falls under it, but Dying Light was one of my favorite. If that falls into this genre, it was one of my favorites because that was an amazing game. None of the games I like are really. I don't. I just realized. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that was the that, that was the joke about you know I can't find a thread to go with. Um. But yeah, I don't. But Dying Light, uh, just a, a quick one. That Dying Light, I don't remember off the top of my head who made it, but that one was not wasn't Arcane. No, that was Techland. Techland. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Dying Light falls into the category of immersive sim. Um, but again, I'm not. I'm not an expert, and I am not qualified to make any argument either which way. Me neither. I'm going to say that, because I only make <laughs> hack and slash games, so this isn't, yeah, this isn't exactly. fair on me. Um, but anyway, but yeah, you know, if, if you like the complexity of games, if that's like something that you really enjoy, Immersive Sims, uh, a genre that, you know, is, is kind of seeing um, a nice little bump, and it's been around for a long time now. Um, nice. You might so you might just find something in there that is enjoyable, uh, that has all the complexity uh, that you may have never known you wanted or wanted to deal with. If that makes sense, makes sense, yeah. Uh, so Zahid, I am I am curious, um, you know, because you did mention uh, Shadow of the Colossus and kind of how it is. Uh, I'm, you know, just the, wow, sorry, uh, you, you went with the implication, or I'm taking it as you went with the implication about how the game is, you know, uh, this kind of, um, you know, self-introspective look, or, you know, it's always quiet, there's not much to do, but just sort of absorb. Um, yeah. Self-introspective is the wrong way to describe that, I'm sorry. That's why I was struggling with, with how to phrase that, not meaning to put words in your mouth. Yes. But, um, um, but, you know, for some, that is like a very comforting experience. And I'm wondering, do you have a game that, and maybe it is Shadow of the Colossus, because like I said, that's Biffle, that whole game, you know, outside of the somewhat stressful big giant fights, uh, is rather relaxing and comforting. But do you have a, do you have a comfort game? Like, do you have a, a, a game that, 
you know, if you're stressed out and you just want to relax and you just want to play a game uh, and feel comfortable, <laughs> sorry, uh, is, you know, is there is there a game and what is it? I man, this one's going to be bad. People might not like me for it, but um, <laughs> I really like Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is another one that doesn't correlate, but I really enjoy that. I put hours, hundreds of hours into that. I enjoyed playing it with friends. I enjoyed playing it on my own. It's just fun. It's just good. I, I don't. I don't have to. I enjoy the whole. You can go in stealth, and then you can go and just destroy everything. But it's always fun. You can just jump in at any point. I even did the raids in that game. I don't know why. So you know, I've never played this game, so I can't. I can't really ask specific questions or. Um, imply that I know what I'm going to be asking. So I apologize if this is like a dumb question, but like, what is it? What is it about it that that makes it so you can just like relax? Um, so you can like load into the game. It's like almost like GTA, but at a military level. And the missions are tackle them how you, however you like. And the reason why I like it so much is because most of the time you can just pull out a sniper from miles away. And just not miles, but a few hundred meters away, and just take your time and just enjoy it. Sounds like I I crave violence or something, but no, <laughs> <laughs> it's just enjoyable that you can make a whole plan, and you have your teammates, and it falls through so nicely. And it's like, yeah, this went this went nice. I'm satisfied by this. This is giving me those endorphins. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> and thank you for explaining that. And you know, I I understand what you're saying, and it's kind of like. Um, it, it's it's kind of like you know when a plan comes together, right? Like when everything lines up, and I feel like if you're if you're playing on the the sniper and you're playing with friends or what have you, you know, yeah. being able to coordinate all of that and make it all work out, you know, that's the 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 it's sorry, amazing. The, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, like just having everything work out and having just all those pieces just smooth. Yeah, you know the. Whatever it takes to get that dopamine hit, you know, yeah. is is fantastic. And especially, especially sometimes, you know, I would imagine this is also probably the case for for what you're doing with combat design or what have you. That maybe sometimes things aren't like an immediate. Oh, this is correct. This is good. And it's kind of like, well, this is this is it. But you don't like the the internal part of your brain might not click that. Oh no, this is it. So like you don't get the the happiness from it. You just get the, oh, okay, I finished this task on to the next one. Whereas, you know, when you can sit down and just play a game and you can, like, have all of the systems or all of the whatever fall in place, you know, just being able to get that dopamine hit is fantastic, right? Yeah, it, it does become hard to play games that you start, like, thinking uh, in work mode. Uh, I'm playing um devil may cry 5 and the only thing i would think oh what happens if i walk into this wall what happens there to the camera <laughs> and it becomes work um but one game i played i only played an hour of at work and it was amazing phenomenal and it made me completely forget about oh game design anything um i played the new god of war ragnarok and i won't spoil it but the first hour is a masterclass. it's a masterpiece it's so the best thing i don't want to spoil it at all but it's the best thing i've played in years and i loved it so much and from a combat standpoint the combat was really good too like you, you you it was it was just amazingly done um but usually i look at games as work which is really depressing sometimes yeah you know that's understandable and i'm happy that you're able to find games uh that that you don't have to feel that you are looking under that lens. Cause you know, that's an important part of being able to just, well, one exist that you don't want to always have to be um, running in, in work mode. You know, you, 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 your downtime should be your downtime. And even if your downtime kind of mimics in some way, shape or form your uptime, you know, yeah. you, you should still be able to enjoy it. Right. And that's right. I'm happy to hear that, you know, that you are able to, that you're able to find things that don't always have to make you feel that it's on, right? Yeah, it it is very occasional. Another game I, I used to play a lot was, um, another one that doesn't correlate, uh, was XCOM 2. <laughs> XCOM 2 is amazing. I loved XCOM 2 so much, and I wish 
I could play it all over again and again and again and forget it. It was an amazing experience. Oh my god. You know, I I can relate to that. I haven't had a chance to put a lot of time into XCOM 2. I regret this because I put a fair amount of time into the first XCOM and the expansions and then, you know, um, quickly, you know, added mods and all of that stuff because, you know, you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a relatively standard loop, right? Yeah. Um, but being able to experience it for the first time is, is a, is a wild feeling just because, you know, like you don't know what's going to work or what's not going to work yeah. and getting to experience that and in some cases, getting to experience what you immediately want to find a mod to get rid of. Um, in in my case, it's always the mod that makes it so your, you know, your veteran maxed out soldier doesn't panic at the sight of a base level enemy and rocket launch the team behind a, a boulder or whatever. Exactly. Um, but like getting to experience that game for the first time is is always fantastic, just because of the. It just because for whatever reason it seems to lend itself to the discoverability really well, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it you can do so much things in it, and then they added DLC where the um these characters come and can abduct your abduct your players, and it, and then you go on a mission to save them. Oh, it was amazing! <laughs> I recommend that to everyone. It, no and you know, like. and you know, I I look forward to getting finally getting to it. i and the, it's the most annoying thing i own it i own all of it <laughs> i just haven't sat down to do it the so edition. you know maybe with yeah well yes possibly it, it it can be it can be really addicting to just one more mission or one more attempt to not spiral down the drain but you know based on your your recommendation i think i'm gonna have to try and move it up the list and get to it sooner than later 100 percent. i would recommend it it's so great now, speaking of downtime, speaking of being able to turn turn it off, uh, outside of games, you know, outside of video games or what have you related to the industry, uh, what other hobbies, what other kind of things do you have and do you enjoy? Um, so usually I try to go to the gym every day and get that cardio in. You got to keep moving. You got to keep the blood flowing. Um. Uh, and I usually see family and friends, um, go out for food, see movies. Going to be watching that Black Panther 2 soon. Can't, cannot wait. Um, but apart from that, I don't usually spend too much time relaxing. On a weekly basis, I probably spend like one day or two days actually relaxing um, away from the, the PC, away from the game. So I, I guess it's just managed a little differently for myself uh, as opposed to, I guess, what other guys do other developers but i really enjoy making the game i really really enjoy it so it's like a fun thing for me to do which is just blown out of proportion <laughs> well you know far be it for me to 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 try and speak to what works for you and but i think the best thing that i could say or should say then is hopefully through all of that, you know your own limits when to when to actually take the breather and when to actually give yourself uh, a downtime so you're not like burning out, you know, because um, burning out's never never fun for anyone, and I don't think I wouldn't wish that on on anyone. So I think you know I really what I'm getting to that there is I you know hopefully you you know when to step back and and breathe a little because you know if you burn out. You know, the, the fun might disappear from all of it for a while, and that's that's no good. I agree. Um, I try to take uh, at least a few, like one or two days a week off, and that's like switch away from the PC. Um, but that's usually enough because my normal job entails that I'm always working on a PC as well. Um, so, but one or two days a week is enough to recharge, I feel. It does the job. You know, and that's that's great to hear, and hopefully... You know, like I said, hopefully that keeps keeps working for you. Cause yeah, like I said, I don't I don't wish burning out on on anyone. It's never, it's never any fun. Yeah, I agree. So I have one more question for you before I let you go. Just because I am I am curious, and because you know we've been kind of all over the place with games. Yeah. Um, I is there a game that you enjoy that you don't feel gets enough credit 
Um, there was a game, um, but I'm actually going to pull up the developers because I played it a while ago. I'm just finding it. It was called Other Side, and it's made by Focus Entertainment. And Other Side spelt with a C, so it was a turn-based tactical tactical game, similar to XCOM, but it used its own. It was like very unique. Uh, had its own like art style. The art style was amazing, and it was very like demonic is the best way I can put it. It's turn-based, and there was a lot of uh, references to like it was just an amazing game. I would recommend that to everyone. And if you like turn-based games, even if you don't, just give it a try because my god, was it a good experience! So. You know, I hadn't heard of this game, and I did a quick Google of it. And you know, I the aesthetic of it is really—that's really some. That's a really unique, yeah, art style, art choice, or, or design, whatever way you want to put it. That's it's, um, it's pristine. Yes, you know, it's it looks it looks fantastic. It looks yeah, it looks great. So thank you for for bringing that game. If I hadn't heard of it, but now I'm I'm gonna have to look into it because it it looks great. I would say get into that before. XCOM because this one's pretty quick but the system and the method they went about how you progress through the game it's never I've never seen it before and it's amazing you have to essentially finish the game in one run but because you keep dying and your characters will keep getting more more and more powerful you keep sacrificing them this run you get better and better so you feel like you're improving and my god was it a great experience so you just you, you basically it sounds like you just said it's kind of like a roguelike and that you know XCOM yeah. mechanics roguelike you know thank you that this sounds like it's right up my alley so thank you for making me aware of this I, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely look at this tonight now yeah no problem it's I hope it, I hope everybody enjoys it man it's 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 just get the game please <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I yeah it looks it looks great hopefully it plays as as good as you as you um. Are saying it does not to say I'm I'm judging you. I'm just saying I can't speak to it. But you know, hopefully, I I look forward to getting to try it. I hope it lives up to the uh, the standards that you have set. Wow, I'm sorry that sounded weird. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but no. Anyway, thank you for for that recommendation to to look into. I'm I'm gonna gonna check that out and hopefully other people give it a look as well. Because yeah, like I said, it looks it looks unique and. I like roguelikes. I like tactical games, and hopefully, you know that's a. I don't think that's a huge genre that has really meshed yet. Um, so hopefully, it's one of those ones that works well, and we see more of. Yeah, we need more of that in the industry. So, Zahid, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. However, uh, if there is anything else you want to discuss, like a cool game. Uh, what else you know? What else you're doing, or something you just feel more people should be aware of? The floor is yours. Uh, as well, please let everyone know where else they can find more information about you, which I'll also include in the episode description. Okay, so recently there's like I have a, a group. I have there's a group of us developers, creatives, um, uh, which I feel like everybody should check out. And the first one, his name is Stephen. He's making Sword of Symphony really easy to find this game you just type in sword of symphony and just check it out it's a game where the the main character fights with music it's an amazing game and that's blew up in popularity he's a good friend of mine we work together in a sense like we chat about ideas and we discuss things very very everybody should check him out um there's another person called ace ace animation he's making a game called ai code he also is part of this group and that is phenomenal it looks amazing from cutscenes down to like the combat and the systems he comes out with the, the models everything he does is like he's we always say that he's like an android because it doesn't make sense how good he is at what he does and i i feel like everybody should 100 percent check him out um we also have a a, two, a few more members um we've got astrum astrum sensei on twitter or youtube he makes tutorials he makes tutorials for unreal engine so if you're ever looking to get into anything check out his tutorials they're amazing but he's also got his own game which he's going to reveal um and do a reveal trailer so i say follow him if you want to learn how to make uh games in unreal he's very knowledgeable very very talented and we've also got uh, an artist who's amazing so this is our group his name is maso uh on twitter um on 
Insta, and I feel like everybody should follow this guy too. We also have a manga artist, um, and he's making a series called uh, Arisen, and that in itself, like having all these different artists, having all these different games, and we're all together, always talking. Um, it's really useful. I would always recommend getting a group going, having such different talents. And there's also, I, w I just want to say that there's also a, a Kickstarter for one of our, one of our mutual friends, which I would suggest everybody having a look into. Um, I will post a link um, with everything. He's pushing a manga, uh, and his name's Sinitas. So he's pushing a manga called Alo. Um, well, I'll send links so everybody can have a look at it. They're really good. Um, and apart from that, I think that was everything. Okay, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for those recommendations. You know, I have seen, I've been watching uh, or or following, uh, I don't know the right word, sort of symphony for a while. And um, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. The, um, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the, the kind of explosion in popularity. Um, I don't remember if I was one of the people that found him after he, after someone posted uh, their video of the game on TikTok and then it exploded, yeah. or if I found them beforehand, um, I just don't know. Cause I remember the, I remember listening to the whole, um, the little mini interview or story or what have you about how they, how someone basically just posted their content and then people were like, Oh, Hey, your, your TikTok video is doing great. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, what TikTok video, what's TikTok or whatever. Right. That's classic um, Steven. <laughs> um but you know it's their game looks fantastic as well and like yeah the the concept of it to me is is fantastic he's, yeah he's a solo developer as well so he's doing all the music and the models and animation everything himself and the same goes for ace um from ai code if you ever look at one like something that's basically a lot of final fantasy games the near games all these games the and you want something done with a lot of love and everything done to an extremely high detail. Like, I can give an example. He went and made like 100 NPCs for one scene in Shibuya in a part of his game. And every character has a face and details and eyes. And it's extremely detailed and amazing. Like, he's not cheaping out on anything. He's putting a lot of effort into it. And uh, even Yako Taro retweeted and commented on his uh, work so he's gained that popularity he is somebody to watch out for he's amazing so yeah definitely i'll be you know you you said you'd you'd send me some links would make it a little easier for me to try and track them down um but yeah i look forward to looking into into that into their you know what they're working on um because you know if if the I'm trying to think of the right way to, to phrase this um but i think i think i'll go i think i'll try and go with this weird analogy um but like usually um people say like the company that you keep is reflective of who you are and yeah. you know based on the from what i've seen for from from sort of symphony um and you know from what you've been doing and you know the way you're talking with everyone else it you know it, it goes back to that the company that you keep you know what have you yeah. what have you and it sounds like all of you in the in your in your group are you know are going to be wildly talented um i don't know why i said going to be but it sounds like you guys are wildly <laughs> talented you know based on what i've seen from a from from you and from sort of symphony and i've probably seen something from from else one of these other people um when i was you know preparing and talk you know to talk with you and clicking profiles and everything like that um but you know i I don't know how to close out with, but it, it sounds like they're probably going to be fantastic. You know, um, like 100%. I said, if, if, if the group is, if, you know, if it, you, you make it, you, wow, I'm just going to stop. It sounds like it's going to be fantastic. I don't have to keep beating that horse. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's uh, going to lead to something amazing, which I can't really explain right now. <laughs> well, and that's perfectly fine, you know, because it's, it's, you know, sometimes you don't you don't have to put everything out there. You know, you can you can leave things for for you, or you can leave things to to come out in the future. But like I said, it sounds like everyone has 
you know, based on what I've seen from a few, it sounds like everyone's going to do, do fine. It sounds like there's going to be some, some cool stuff coming from, you know, from all of you. And that's, that's fantastic because, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of indie dev stuff, you know, cause it's always, it's always magical and wonderful to see what kind of stuff indies do like people that are doing straight passion projects, not to say people that, you know, are working at, um, you know, uh, at, you know, big, big name companies, you know, like at Ninja Theory or, at, you know, like um, Ubisoft or, or, or Fire Access or wherever, wherever, just a few random names. Um, it's not to like try and make the implication that, you know, you're not your, your normal business days aren't passion projects. There's not, you know, what yeah. you are happy with, but it's just like the whole indie scene is you don't have, you don't have someone else telling you how to spend their money it's it's your time it's your money and you are driving it yourself and i i love watching i just love watching what comes out of that from from that indie scene because it's you know you get to see you get sometimes you see things that just that unfortunately flop and then sometimes you see things that you know flop but are amazing and it doesn't make any sense why they flop but then also sometimes you see things that are just just you know they they hit for the they hit for the fence and the ball is out of the park regardless, right? So it's like, it's 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 why I love indie and it's, you know, small ones, big ones, what have you. It's just, it's always nice to see. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that kind of stuff always pays off, you know, because it's, um, I think, I think good stuff deserves the, deserves positive recognition. And it's nice when that recognition is, is given when it's earned, right? Yeah, 100%. But anyways, Ahid, as I said, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So if there wasn't um if there wasn't any, you know, anything else that you want to discuss, anything else you wanted to make sure uh that that folks at home or what have you uh know about, um I'll let you get on with your with your evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, Zahid, thank you so much for, for making the time. I, I appreciate this especially because for you it's you know there's a, a several hour difference so it's it's later in the evening for you so you know I, I i very much appreciate you letting me steal your your evening downtime no it's my pleasure <laughs> so i uh, thanks again zahid for making time to have this conversation with me and thank you for joining us on the red tuning podcast as well as a special thanks to ron jenkins for the use of music from the title track from road steep and if you like this podcast and want to support it and help it grow, please subscribe or follow me on Twitter at Red Tunic Podcast to receive the latest episodes and news, and be sure to share with those you think might also enjoy it. Thanks, until next time.